0: Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis and Nick Verzellini.
1: Good afternoon and welcome into this June 30th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Fiener Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned, full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, again, Colin McLaughlin out on vacation. We now have Avery, or excuse me, not Avery, so used to seeing Avery. Haven't seen you a bunch. Uh, see you in the afternoons when we're doing Little League this week. Uh, Dylan Bishop is our co-host today. How you doing, Dylan?
2: I'm doing pretty well. It's Sorry I butchered your
1: name there thinking uh, you were
2: Avery. Uh, me and Avery, the part-time guys, you know, we're getting all mixed up. But, <laughs> that's all right. I'm doing well though. I think
3: we saw a lot of Dylan recently. Though. We have, but I'm have.
1: not not like in studio. Not when I'm like actually in the mode of the show. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm in broadcast mode. It's a
3: good day to have Dylan on though. Yeah, you got a lot of NBA, a lot free of NBA free agency talk. Yeah, that, looking The to that.
1: legal tampering period begins this evening at 6:01 p.m. or six o'clock, whatever uh, you want to say. One or the other, yeah. Uh, but uh, first. Topic at hand today will be uh, something that we've been broadcasting for you and will continue to broadcast for you. Next week is the West Virginia 10- to 12-year-old baseball Little League District 6 tournament that will take place at Oatsdale Park. We just broadcast over the weekend into Tuesday. The Area One tournament at Morgan at the Morgan County Little League Complex in Berkeley Springs saw Jefferson out, win the outright District Area One Championship, fifteen nothing went over Martinsburg. Martinsburg then would have to face Hedgesville, getting a fifteen to five win there against Hedgesville, so they advance as the runner up in for next week's uh, District Tournament. Well, we had to wait an extra day for Area 2 because of the rain up and thunderstorms up in Moorfield Sunday night. Their runner-up game didn't get played till last night. That was Moorfield defeating Hampshire 4-1. to So brackets for the district tournament, they are now set. Uh, we'll have that for you on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube starting next Tuesday, 4.50 pregame show for a 5 p.m. contest. Uh, between Area 1 runner-up Martinsburg and Area 2 runner-up Moorefield from Oatsdale Park right here in Martinsburg. The second game of that day will be set for approximately 7.30. Just depends on when game one ends and how much time they'll have. Uh, that will be Jefferson, the Area 1 champion, versus the Area 2 champion, Mineral County. Whoever wins that game will advance directly to the state tournament. Uh, the loser will play the winner of the Martinsburg-Moorefield game the next day. That'll be 7 p.m. on Wednesday, the 6th, a 6.50 pregame show uh, from uh, Oatesdale Park right here in Martinsburg. And uh, a quick district tournament after a five-day area tournament as uh, we get ready for the state tournament, which will then be coming up, uh, I guess, week and a half after that tournament, it'll be believe the 15th uh, through the 20th is what i remember as uh be we will be broadcasting the uh, teams from either uh, martinsburg area the berkeley and jefferson county ball team so if jefferson makes it to states and martinsburg makes it to states we'll be broadcasting those two teams if there's only one we'll only be broadcasting one uh, just because of the broadcast rights that uh we split with video productions i believe there for the little league state tournament which will be held here in martinsburg at the at oatsdale park once again uh but it should be a good month of little league baseball here in the eastern panhandle
3: it should i think jefferson has definitely the talent to uh make it back to states again and perhaps win it all at states i think martinsburg is kind of battle tested now they've went through uh Hedgesville who had a quality team to get to the district tournament um they obviously played against Jefferson who beat up on them pretty good but I mean that's nothing to be ashamed about Jefferson's you know a great ball club uh and based on what we've seen so far so I think you know there's a good chance that both teams I think from this area could advance to the districts and um I think they will represent this area well and uh Jefferson like I said I think they have a chance to go back to Georgia so uh, a lot to be excited about on the Little League side of things and um, looking forward to next week. And
1: what have you seen you know you were able to you know you were in camera for every day but one there uh, you saw a lot of home runs you had to move the camera there to the <laughs> left for a lot of home runs and then one I believe came right by you didn't it?
2: There was, uh, I think, even the very first one that I saw came, it was a line drive right there. I believe it was, uh, I want to say, might have been Nichols from uh, Martinsburg just hit a line drive out uh, left center field right by, probably only like 10 feet away and really just a couple feet above my head. But uh, the Jefferson team looked really good. And I just – I need to know what they're putting in the water over there in Jefferson County because between them and the, and the high school, it's just yeah. like they just churn out baseball players I like it's nothing.
1: up in the press box there uh, to the uh, people running the tournament and the umpires, just a lot of people from around the area. I was like, what, are they starting to practice home- – like, do they have a home run derby in, like, second grade or something? They take BP <laughs> – for home runs, like, what are they doing? Because <laughs> they just – it's been back-to-back years and different guys because there's the guys that, that played last year that, you know, two of them aged out. One, uh, Surf Guerra just completely destroyed almost every baseball that that was actually pitched to him. It got to a point there where uh, I believe in the uh, the regional tournament they walked him like – six straight times or no 12 straight times or something between multiple games. And then the next time he came up, he had a home run (laughs) when they actually hit two.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That one, the one Jefferson game I got to be behind the camera for had four home runs. And then the game ended on whether that fifth uh, inside the park home run, I guess if if there's no errors involved in it, but little league home run.
1: Yeah. It's called a little league inside the park home run. Yeah. Yeah, But it should be an exciting district and state tournament here in Martinsburg. Uh, before we take a break, just want to get a piece of news that we got yesterday afternoon. Shepard University Athletic Hall of Fame will induct three members, three new members at the annual induction banquet on October 7th on the Shepard campus. Football player Chad Broadwell, who's there, class of 98. Uh, Rick Hutterly, class of 65, from men's swimming. And Glenn Edwards, 74, from men's tennis. Uh, locally, uh, we know Glenn Edwards as the head coach for the boys and girls swimming program at jefferson high school and uh well thank you know we had a lot of coordinating with him there for the regional swim meet that we broadcast this year but uh Obviously, congrats to all three of them looking to uh, get Chauncey Wimbush, the AD there at Shepherd, to come on and talk about these three men at some point in the near future. Uh, But that will do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Ken Parsons Ford in Martinsburg, we became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we joined by... American Legion Berkeley Post, 14 Hornets manager, Trip Tobin. Complete domination last night in the game. Uh, that was supposed to go 9, only went 7. And he's got a big matchup this coming up on Sunday. We'll talk to him about that after this. Two-minute break. You're tuned to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10.
4: You should have somehow realized what you got to do. I don't believe that
5: After a two-year COVID break, Valley Guns 2 is having their 7th annual sidewalk sale on July 2nd. Browse 108 feet of sale and clearance items such as Smith & Wesson handguns like the MP2.0 40-caliber full-size semi-auto and the MP2.0 Compact or the Model 60 Pro Series and 442 revolver. It's the 7th annual sidewalk sale at Valley Guns 2, exit 5 off I-81 in Wood West Virginia. Find out more at valleyguns2.com. The Berkeley County Youth Fair would like to thank our 2022 sponsors, our premium ribbon sponsors, South Berkeley Pharmacy, Pro Design LLC, Rhonda Shade, Oak Crest Realty, Tad's Dairy Barn, and Panhandle Dumpsters. Participation ribbon sponsors include Pittman Orthodontics, PRP Contracting, State Farm Insurance Agent Pam Neely, The Stenick Family, Tri-County Rentals, Tropical Sioux, USA Insulation, WV Medicine, Shepherdstown Pharmacy, and Noggle Paving. Good luck to all of our youth fair participants from the Hornby Media Group.
0: You're too- Tuned into the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR one hundred six point five FM, AM seven forty, and TV ten.
1: Welcome back to this edition of the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV ten into some American Legion Post fourteen baseball talk. We're now joined by the manager of that Berkeley Post fourteen trip, Tobin. How are you doing today, Manager Tri- Manager Tobin? I guess I should say
6: I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm good. You I'm guys, on after a win,
1: yeah, a big win last night, seventeen to three. Was supposed to go nine, only went seven. And uh, what I noticed here back in the studio was your offense was putting a lot together uh, with runners on base and with a with at least one out a lot. You had a couple, you know, one out hit, big hits, and a couple two out big knocks there as well.
6: Oh yeah, I mean we've been you know, talking about our approach at the plate, you know, pretty much all summer, and um, you know, last night we were able. I think it's a little bit of a product of of the of the competition we've been playing, the pitching that we've been seeing. You know, the pitching last night really wasn't off that much. They were certainly short a few arms, but it just goes to show you what uh, you know what can happen when this team, you know, finds uh, a a team that's either a little short that day or, you know, average to above average pitching, um because of, you know, challenging themselves against teams like Leesburg and, and uh Savannah Park and those types of teams that can really bring, you know, some really good pitching to the to the uh to the to the game.
3: Tripp, I wanted to ask you about uh Trevor Bohr, a guy that uh, during the high school season, had his struggles at times, but he has played uh, phenomenal for you guys and was our player of the game last night. Uh, what can you say about his progression this uh, season on the Legion team?
6: Well, certainly. I mean, when Trevor Bor came on, you know, the Legion, understanding his role to probably be more of a long reliever, you know, um, probably, you know, uh, I'll say it out loud, you know, he probably wasn't going to be what you would call a, a weekend pitcher, which is basically some, you know, at college level or travel ball level where you would um you know pitch those guys on a on a Sunday or a Saturday championship game, you know, he generally would get you through innings but he's proven that with a good defense behind him and his ability to uh limit the walks and the free bases as long as um and, and his in his ability to miss, you know, barrels at that level, that uh he can certainly be effective. Um you know, we had thrown him in some woodbat um situations where certainly that keeps the ball in the park more than the metal bat. So, you know, first off, you can sort of make an argument that maybe, you know, he got squared up and our an outfield caught it. But as you seen last night in the in the metal bat uh, game, you know, in American Legion rules that, you know, he's just as effective. He keeps guys off, uh, you know, from timing him up. And, I mean, baseball at this level is – you know, pitching is um, you know messing up the hitter's timing, and hitting is uh, you know timing the pitcher. So he certainly has enough pitches in his arsenal that he doesn't just do fastball, curveball, and uh, really nice changeup comes from the left side, makes his fastball look a lot faster. It, it, it's what the the batters will tell you. It gets up on you. You know, it sneaks up on you. And um, but I think most of, the, of it is you just he just he um, just doesn't give in. To walks and throws the contact and lets that defense that's phenomenal that you know behind him work.
1: And looking at you know the box score from last night, obviously a great night for your team offensively. Uh, a couple guys with three RBIs, a couple guys with two RBIs, but obviously, a, initial plan to play that nine inning game. And you told uh, Avery in the pregame interview that you're going to get a lot of guys in. I believe 13 guys were at the plate last night for your team. Uh, what does that say just about you know being able to play that nine-inning game on a, maybe a hot day where you're not going to give everybody the whole game and see these guys come in off the bench and uh, do pretty well at the plate?
6: Well, I mean, when you look at when you look at who we replaced, you know, in the lineup with. I mean we start Cam Moore in right field, you know, who's arguably could be, you know, one of the state leaders next year in in, in um, batting average and already getting some, some college looks at the D two level when you can set him down and bring in a Connor Bailey to get his swings and get his swing back. I mean you do not lose much at the plate or the outfield and uh You know, the same goes across the board for just about every position there. I mean, you know, we took Stoudelmeier out and we brought in Smetic and, you know, we took another good infielder. We took, uh, you know, Jack Rasenweber off of shortstop, give him a break, give uh, Braden Hartman some opportunities there. He played really well. So, you know, as, as we move through the season, you know, we get ourselves in predicaments. Where you you know the state tournament should we uh, qualify? You know you can't re-enter the game, so it's more of a of a of a major league style. So once once someone comes out of the game, they can't go back. So sometimes you'll find yourself in that position where you have to play a little opposition or that type of thing. So it's good to see those guys get in. And we don't, um, you know, I don't think in our 18 uh, guys, in our 18-man roster that if somebody's gone that, that they can't be replaced with someone, you know, as good in any given moment. And, and of course, that kind of shows up on – these guys go on vacations. Things, other guys step in. So it's just a phenomenal group of guys who um, understand what we're trying to do here. They understand the process of challenging themselves every day. Not really trying to go undefeated, but get some equal opportunities in an 18-man roster. Get everybody ready, and then make a run for it in um, in July, late July, early August.
3: <laughs> and Trip, you mentioned uh, how you wanted this team to be playing its best baseball in July, and uh, it seems like things are really coming together for you right around that time, uh, with the offense being what it has been all year for you, and then the pitching is starting to pick things back up. So how would you evaluate, I guess, where the team is now uh, at this point of the season?
6: Well, I think you know certainly the pitching staff was a was an issue there kind of early, and the, the guys were off. I don't know if they continued to do their work out. You know their work ethic was, you know, as good as it was during the spring season. So the two week period um, for some of those guys kind of got them maybe just a little out of shape. So we had some sore arms up in Morgantown, but I think when you look at Frederick now at that tournament, with bat tournament, you know we went through three or four games there, only gave up four runs, and we played a really good. Leesburg team right down to the final. I'll give up, you know, three or four runs there, but you know, eight runs in I think five games against some really, really good teams last night, you know, basically could have uh, possibly with a few things went away here and there and not um, been a little opposition, maybe could have pitched a, a shutout there possibly should we have, um, you know, opted to, to, to really push for that. But yeah, I mean, um, you know, Dylan Stevens was hurt a bit—not hurt. I mean, he was just sore and trying to overcome some things. And we didn't want to push it, even though we could have used him and maybe changed our record. And Myers was back on the mound last night um, after being a little sore, and uh, you know, he—I think he's 100% now. So he's got to get some innings in. But um, Caleb Edwards, phenomenal. Dylan Stevens against um, Leesburg, phenomenal. Um, you know, we still haven't really showed Baden Hartman's arm off much on the mound and he's been doing some catching for us, catching the muscleman staff. I mean if you look at the game changer, how many guys can pitch for us and then of course, you know, Ruest and um and Bohr just coming from that left side with a different look is just a great a great combination. So I'm really feeling good about what Sam's done with those guys and what they've done and the work they've put in and um and though we like I said probably took a few losses um uh, because we were a little shorthanded in pitching, believe it or not, early because armed. I think they're gonna be if we if we continue to be uh, a, a good um proactive staff and keep our eye on these guys well, I think we're gonna be strong, you know, when So McValley comes around for the area and uh and if we qualify for the state tournament, I think we can go in a you know, four or five days in a row.
1: And looking, up, looking at your upcoming schedule this weekend, originally you're supposed to play a twin bill on Sunday, but Waynesboro unfortunately can't make the trip down here due to some in-league play they have to make up. So you'll bring in a Vienna post 180 team out of Virginia that is just uh kind of is reminding me of like a, when you're looking at, at their record I you know on their website you can see uh what they've run scored this year kind of remind me of the kind of competition it seems like you'll get you've gotten out of Leesburg post 34 uh so it's going to be a very tough game this Vienna team coming in 9-1 and with a game tonight to see how they do
6: yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Leesburg played Vienna really tough, a 2 nothing ball game. I mean, it's nice to we can gauge you a little bit off of that. They, They've You know, they played Warrington real tough. We're going to play them on Wednesday. So, I mean, Vienna cut in on Sunday and uh, spoke with their coach. They seem to be excited to play us. You know, they talked to Leesburg, so they know that they're not going to come in here and get a, you know, roll us over. So I expect them to, you know, have some pitching for us. Um, as far as the Wayneboro goes, game goes, that was supposed to be played right after. After it's now gonna be played on Tuesday night, so I'm giving you that's probably first you've heard of that as well. So we're gonna play um uh, Waynesboro on Tuesday instead of Sunday at two o'clock, we'll play play them Tuesday at seven. Then we'll bring in a Warrington team on Wednesday that um believe it or not, uh speaking with Leesburg's coach, he feels that they could possibly be, you know, better than the Vienna team. So we expect, you know, and of course Waynesboro with Pennsylvania uh, coaching staff, high school staffs, able to, you know, all around us are able to coach their teams. You know, we're dealing with high school coaches who are bringing in players, alumni from a year ago and or, you know, players that they can, you know, keep off travel teams. So I expect all three of those games, too, with the Virginia squads and one with the Pennsylvania squads, to be really a good challenge for our guys this week.
3: And, Tripp, is there anything that you want to see uh, in this Vienna game that maybe you haven't seen yet out of the team in terms of uh, production on the field?
6: Well, I mean, we're going to be out without a few guys this week. Of course, it's, you know, getting into a vacation week next week, getting to 4th of July, you know. Um, I think Riley Bob, and he wasn't here last night. I think he's gone for the portion of next week. Cam Moore, I I could go down the list, Broughton, and a few others. So we won't have an 18-man roster, um, but we're certainly going to be, you know, 12-13 deep, but that'll, you know, you might see, you know, Connor Bailey step into that uh, Cam Moore spot. Want to see him find his swing, you know, want to, uh, get case Herndon back on start off really hot, and had a little bit of a, a slump there, started getting into his own head and now he seems to have um found some his confidence back and we'll see him continue down that road and um you know, just see these guys continue to mesh together, play'em a you know trying to get um you know plenty of reps um for these other guys to make sure that you know they always say your, your weakest link is uh is 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 the um the one we need to work on the most and uh, I think our weakest link right now is just not having equal opportunities at the plate and maybe innings mm-hmm. in the field or on the mound. We've got to, you know, kind of clean that up and get some guys the opportunity so that um, when we do call on they'll be prepared. But I think our guys are up to any challenge. I mean, last night they said, we want to play Leesburg again and um, you know, that could very well be a possibility on July 10th when it looks like Waynesburg is not gonna, going to um, be able to honor that game as well. So, I talk, spoke with Leesburg and they'll step in. So, it looks like we're going to have Maybe four Virginia, three, four, three Virginia teams this week and one real good Pennsylvania team come in and uh, and just continue to push these guys' buttons and um, and continue to challenge us as a team and force us to get better. But, um, you know, as far as what we've been working on, we started to work on, you know, more pickoff plays, uh, just trying to gel as a group, you know, our timing play, things like that. And then, you know, we've been working about stealing, running bases and just some baseball IQ that we've been in. Bringing into it now, so it's just a process. But I think, I think we'll be playing some of our best baseball when it matters.
1: Trip Tobin, manager of the twelve and six Berkeley Post fourteen Hornets, our guest. Thanks for the time, Trip, and we'll see you Sunday. All right, thank you. That was Trip Tobin, and uh, a lot to unpack there, schedule wise. There's a lot of things having to be changed around for this team. Uh, but a single game Sunday, what was originally scheduled, a twin bill. Uh, and then they'll play the team that they're supposed to play in the second game of the Twin bill on tuesday they have a regularly scheduled game on wednesday against warrenton post 72 and then they can't they're supposed to play this waynesboro team again next sunday they'll indeed have leesburg post 34 come to uh maybe come to uh faulkner not sure if it's an away game or not but uh should be a tough week for the hornets but uh during a time where a lot of guys are gone but it seems like this team nick up to the task
3: yeah i mean they have a lot of talent on the roster we've talked about it as uh pretty much a epac all-star team so the talent's there for them and um i've been been impressed with what we've seen so far so i think they'll be up for the the challenge as they've proven you know throughout the season even when they've lost games they've been very competitive so uh it's a it's a good team and it's a fun team to watch so looking forward to uh sunday we are i am as well and that will do it for this segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by
1: orsini's home store not so supplying store any longer cabinets and designer bedding outdoor living it is family family-owned and operated and located at 360 hack wilson way right here in martinsburg go to orsini's.com for more on the other side of this break uh NBA free agency tampering period begins tonight. We've got a long list of stuff to talk about NBA-wise. That is one reason why we do have Dylan Bishop here. He's an NBA guy. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. Continue to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10.
4: Hi, this is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way
2: or at Orsini's.com.
4: What do you get when the longest, hardest, widest runway in the state of West Virginia is asked to host the 250th birthday of Berkeley County? A a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness an afternoon of fun, music, and finish with the largest fireworks show worthy of a 250-year-old. Visit Eastern West Virginia Regional Airport on Sunday, July 3rd with gates opening at 2.50 p.m., of course. We'll have food trucks, libation, and something for all ages as we celebrate Berkeley 250. Go to berkeleywv250.com and click on events to get the full lineup of fun. Are you at risk for a heart attack or stroke? WVU Medicine would like to remind you it's important to recognize the signs and symptoms so you can seek medical attention FAST. The acronym FAST stands for F, face drooping, A, arm weakness, S, speech difficulty, and T, time to call 911. If you're having a stroke, get medical attention right away. Immediate treatment may decrease the risk of disability and prevent death. This important message is brought to you by WVU Medicine. WVU Medicine.
0: Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10.
1: Welcome back into this June 30th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick Verzellini and Dylan Bishop, happy to have you with us. We'll get into some NBA talk on the of free agency. Tampering period begins at 6 p.m. tonight. We've got official Wizards news as yesterday late afternoon, Bradley Beal officially declined his $36.4 million player option. Well, uh, we know what's most likely going to happen. He's got about 250 million reasons to uh, come back to Washington, Nick.
3: <laughs> he does uh, 248 if you want to be exact um, but we'll see still uh, you know he hasn't announced that he's coming back when asked about it earlier um, but I guess that would reveal that they've already agreed to a contract but he, had, he did announce that he's made a decision so I, I'm thinking he's probably coming back to DC um, but if not there's definitely going to be interest from teams like Miami teams like Boston Uh, for Beal to potentially be added to their team in some sort of sign-in trade, I would think. Uh, But I think he's headed back to D.C. It just makes sense. It it seems to be the route he's going to go, even though it may not make sense from a perspective of winning a championship um, for financial reasons. And just the fact that he's been here for 10 years has at least appeared to have not requested a trade in the 10-year time that he's been with the Wizards i think he'll come back
2: yeah it seems like all of the talk of him leaving the wizards comes from everyone but the wizards and bradley beals camps uh it seems like he's perfectly fine playing in washington even though they don't win a lot of games and that they've traded away guys like you know john wall and russell westbrook who have been like you know all-star level players that have played with him uh i think even if he went out into the free agent market this summer the the teams with cap space to sign him right now outside of the knicks it's not even really teams that have like playoff aspirations and when it comes to sign and trades the sign and trade rules in the nba mean that a team is hard capped if they make if they sign and trade for a player so some of these teams this was going to be the situation with kyrie irving where a team like the clippers or the heat or something wouldn't have a lot more room to fill out the rest of their roster if they were to sign and trade for a max player so it makes sense. I mean, Beal, he seems more in like the Damian Lillard kind of mold where he it doesn't really matter that the team's not really winning. He likes the idea of playing with a team that he's been drafted by. They like him there. And at least for now, he's okay with the idea of staying there and hoping that the front office builds a better team around him. Yeah,
1: definitely. And uh, obviously, when you look at a guy like Bradley Beal, as Nick kind of mentioned, he's just kind of been the player – that is faithful to where he's been. And, you know, I saw an article the other day. I I saw it on scrolling on Twitter, and I meant to save it, but somebody said – somebody wrote a story. It was kind of, I guess, an opinion piece, not really a story. Uh, When you kind of – you know, with what's happened recently with with Ryan Zimmerman Day at Nationals Park, uh, you know, not a guy that was a superstar to – you know, when you look at the rest of the league, Ryan Zimmerman never, you know, led the league in home runs or whatever. You know, never like a LeBron James in the NBA or, you know, anybody like Kevin Durant. Uh, he could kind of be like the Wizards Ryan Zimmerman if he, you know, signs that max deal, stays, and then finishes his career here. He could be a, you know, a Wizards version of Ryan Zimmerman.
2: Could be. I mean, there's always possible to get a year or two down the road in this new con- uh, super max contract or max contract, whichever one it is, and then he says well you know now that i've gotten my big money contract from the wizards and maybe they don't make the improvements that are necessary in the next year or two to get into playoff contention then maybe you say all right i've been here a long time i've been loyal all these years now i want to go and try and win somewhere uh, somewhere else so that could be you know a year or two down the road but i mean we've been talking about a bradley people have been talking about a bradley beale trade for at least a year now like maybe two because he's been coming up on this free agency and his mind hasn't changed. So, we'll see for now looks like he's staying there and if it were me personally, I mean, looking out on the market, there's not a lot of teams that are that interesting with that cap space. So, yeah. maybe you no, know, yeah. I don't blame him.
1: Well, and he can't even sign anywhere like I think, what, a hundred less million dollars if he went anywhere else.
2: Right, yeah, one less year, and I think it's like 30, 30% of the cap instead of 35% would be his max on another team and less one less year. So yeah, I, I understand. So maybe we get a year or two down the road. If the Wizards don't improve, maybe that's when it, it happens and he requests a trade, but yeah. for now.
3: I think that makes a lot of sense that it, it could definitely develop into a trade at some point, um, but I don't see it happening now. And I don't really see the Wizards getting much better, so I don't know how long Bradley Beal will be with the Wizards, but at least for now he's going to be there and we'll see if they can uh, build at least a contender maybe around him.
1: Yeah, and obviously another player here, another guy. Uh, that's kind of well a guy that's really jumped around of recently, and that's James Harden. Uh, he has declined his forty seven point three million dollar player option. Will become a free agent. That also coming out last night, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Uh, Harden keeps real the possibility of negotiating a new deal with Philly that would deliver the Sixers roster building flexibility and free agency, including use of the full ten point five million dollar exception. Uh, so he's open to coming back. Kind of wants to come back, but uh, obviously we'll see. Uh, teams at six p.m. tonight can start negotiating with players. Nothing will become a final until or become, yeah. Until anything can be signed until July sixth at twelve o one p.m.
3: Yeah, um, I don't. Or I think uh, James Harden's going to go back to Philly. I don't think anybody's going to pay him that forty seven and a half million dollars to leave um which was kind of interesting to me is why he would opt out but i think the reason why he opted out was to try to help the 76ers cap situation so maybe they can add another few good role players to make that team um really top tier in the east uh but i think hardens kind of had a a downward trend in his career in terms of production Um, yeah Not that he's a bum or anything, but he didn't really show up in the playoffs uh, as much as they would have liked him to. So I think there is a need for the 76ers to have more depth, have more on their bench, um, especially because they gave up a lot of that to get James Harden. So if he takes less money, they can probably build around him and Embiid and maybe uh, make their team a contender in the East and maybe a championship contender
2: yeah from his perspective also with this little kind of downward trend in the last year or so a couple years he had a really good last half of the season when he got traded to brooklyn but then last year was kind of another disaster so from his perspective you may want to go into free agency now and get yourself a longer term contract get yourself maybe a three-year contract from the sixers rather than take 10 extra million dollars this year by opting in so it works probably works out better for him chris paul did this a few off seasons ago where he opted out at with the Suns and signed to a four-year contract rather than you know taking the player option for maybe 10 10 million more for one season and then from the Sixers side he could have opted in and extended uh, into a longer-term contract but that extra you know money the flexibility that they can go out and they can sign a guy like P.J. Tucker to the full mid-level exception and make some other moves. There's rumors that they uh, may be trying to trade Tobias Harris. They can make moves like that, and then re-sign James Harden to this, you know, thirty-something million dollars a year instead of the forty-seven that he could have been getting. So I think it makes sense for both sides. Again, expectation that he's going to come back, and it'll be an interesting team. That I mean, with their
3: playoff history, probably still a second-round exit. Yeah, I mean that <laughs> seems to be kind of the trend for them.
1: Yeah, seems to be the trend, as Nick mentioned there. We'll move on here. A guy that got traded last week and uh, not really knowing much about it, I kind of thought, oh, well, they're just kind of trying to uh, quickly build after some draft picks, uh, some good draft picks. Uh, But that is Kember Walker that was traded to the Pistons last week on draft night. Uh, They're now finalizing a contract buyout. Once he clears waivers, he'll join free agency. Uh, he obviously got acquired last week in the three-team trade that included the bu- the Bucks and saw Detroit acquire the draft rights to Jalen Duran, which is Duran, excuse me, who they ultimately wanted in that deal.
2: Yeah, I I like what the Pistons have done. They also made the trade with the Knicks to acquire Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks yeah. with trade along with draft picks from the Knicks because the Knicks are trying to uh, clear out the salary to sign Jalen Brunson to twenty, you know. 25 plus million dollar a year contract they basically decided that since they got jaden ivy who i think is going to be really good in the nba and jalen duran or duran with uh the 13th pick that they were able to get they basically got a quality young center and guard so now where these rumors of them possibly going after DeAndre Ayton in free agency. Uh, they don't really need him because they've traded for Noel if they want to keep him instead of buying him out. They have Kelly Olynyk, They have Isaiah Stewart. And now they have Duran. where they have the center rotation that DeAndre Ayton doesn't necessarily fit into. So they decided to use that cap space to acquire more draft picks and just kind of build the young team around Ivy and Kate Cunningham, Sadiq Bey and their new uh, the rest of their young draft picks after trading Jeremy Grant yeah. as well. So I like what they got going on there. They could have the flexibility expiring contracts of Noel and Alec Burks that they can use later, maybe even trade Burks to a team to as a, to a contender at the trade deadline.
1: And I guess just recently coming out, they were finalizing it, but they've now officially uh, equal or have agreed to a buyout. I'm still waiting to see the numbers, uh, but that coming down in the last 15 minutes, according to the Detroit free press, I don't see anything else, but it's being finalized still as we speak numbers-wise. But do we think there's a free agent market for Walker with the whole COVID vaccine situation still looming potentially? Um, And do you want to deal with somebody like that on your team?
2: uh, Kemba, with his injuries over the years, has kind of – at this point, I think he is probably at most a mid-level extension kind of guy, maybe even minimum the way that he, you know, bounced around – with uh the Celtics and then the Knicks so uh, there was a point in the season where Kemba was taken out of the rotation for the Knicks because he just couldn't play defense well enough uh for Tom Thibodeau so I think he can find his way onto another team somewhere but
3: uh you know where he'll end up with the Lakers if you're old and you can't play anymore <laughs> you go to the Lakers
2: that, that that does sound like a Lakers kind of thing I heard that they were interested in Blake Griffin also so that That's kind of really trying to build like a 2014 dream team. I was going to say the all-star team from seven years ago. So that's, Yeah. yeah, that's about right.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, but we'll move on to the next topic. The uh, big trade going down here in, in the last twelve hours or so, as the Hawks get um, an all-star there. In how do you
3: say his name? Dejounte
1: Dejounte Murray. Murray. I did yep. not. I thought it was Dejounte. It looks like that. I just want to make sure. Uh, from the San Antonio Spurs for three first-round picks and Danleo Gallinero. Or Gallinari, excuse me. Uh, That according to Woj that last night around 5.30 p.m. The 2025 and 2027 first-round picks are unprotected. Uh, That's according to Zach Lowe of ESPN. But this uh, this trade brings an all-star guy to the Hawks and uh, sending three first-round picks including the 2023 first round as well that they got via the hornets
2: yeah so they got that pick from trading cam reddish in the uh, during this regular season this year so it's kind of two of their own picks and a pick swap Uh, all of those picks will still be uh during seasons that trey young would would be under a uh new rookie max extension so it should be you know lottery outside of the lottery picks picks in the you know late teens to 20s uh I, I like this move for both teams honestly because uh DeJounte murray i think fits well next to trey young he's a really good defender to make up for the limitations trey young has on defense uh he can let trey young kind of move off the ball a little bit because you know trey young is a very steph curry like player and they kind of models his game after him but steph moves without the ball a lot of times so this is another guard uh that can let him move without the ball uh Murray's 25 years old. He had his first all-star appearance this year. So I I don't know if it gets them to the level of the top teams in the East, like Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Boston. I don't think it quite gets them good, but they still have – they might trade John Collins. They might trade Clint Capella. They could be a landing spot for DeAndre Ayton. Uh, so it would be very interesting. And from the Spurs' pr- perspective, I think this is just a tank move because, I mean, they're getting rid of their one all-star player. They're acquiring three first round draft picks and this could be a move to tank for next year's projected number one overall pick uh the big seven-two, seven-three guy from france victor Wenbanyama who is already considered by a lot of people the best draft prospect since lebron james wow so i mean with the, he's a you know blocking sh- he's basically like a souped up version of chet holmgren that was in this year's That'd draft be, be so with the with the perimeter skills the shooting and the the blocking ability to where he's you know he's french like rudy gobert and uh rudy gobert actually wouldn't play on the french national team r- reportedly if Wembenyama was allowed on the team uh, for whatever reason it could be that he thought he was going to get overshadowed by uh by Wembenyama for whatever reason but that that was a report so
3: it's interesting um in terms of the trade i think Dejounte murray i'm not like big on him i mean I, i've he's only 25 though so i think he's got a chance to be pretty good uh his numbers, though, I think, are a little bit elevated due to the team that he plays on yeah. or played on. Um, so even though he is an all-star guard, I, I don't know if it's like the kind of move that, like you said, Dylan, probably doesn't make them a top team in the East yet, but they have some flexibility to do a few things and, and potentially uh, get them to that point. Gallinari uh, is a solid piece. I mean... For yeah, the I think Spurs, he won't do anything, but he, he sounds say, like a guy that would play for the Spurs, right? Yeah, like, I think with, they're expected to
2: buy time. him out, and I think the the Celtics have already expressed interest. So yeah. that's and that would make sense.
3: Yeah, but he he sounds like an old Spurs like bench player. Like, <laughs> yeah, here like comes Gallinari off the bench and he does. goes twenty five. Gallinari
2: <laughs> for
1: three,
3: but uh, that's
1: twenty eight points.
3: <laughs> you know, in terms of, uh, I guess the move there to Atlanta I think it's a solid pickup and the Spurs are definitely heading in toward a rebuild I feel like they've already kind of been in a rebuild but didn't like fully commit to it yet and now I think they're finally fully committing to it uh, which is probably a few years too late because once they lost Kawhi they probably should have just went into rebuild mode but they didn't really they kind of hunt around like seven, eight, nine, ten spots. Right. They have some nice
2: young players on the team. They still Devin Vassell and Kelton Johnson, Lonnie Walker. Yeah, Lonnie Walker, Jakob Purtle. Uh, so they got some some guys to work with there, but nothing that's gonna you know. This probably looks like a team that can will be picking in the top five, or yeah. at least have top five lotter- lottery odds. So if they're shooting for Wembenyama, they they have a good shot at it. I'd say.
3: And hey, they built their original dynasty off of. A big man, so getting another big man would be a good way to potentially get the Spurs back. Yeah.
1: Yeah, potentially here. One final story that uh, kind of broke this morning, but happened yesterday afternoon on the EVA free agency. Charlotte Hornets forward Miles Bridges was arrested in Los Angeles on Wednesday afternoon. A Los Angeles Police Department spokeswoman confirmed to the Associated Press this morning. The LAPD did not release details on charges. TMZ, though, has reported that Bridges is facing felony domestic violence charges. Uh, The uh Hornets released a statement yesterday or this morning quote the Charlotte Hornets are aware of the situation involving Miles Bridges we are in the process of gathering further uh, gathering additional information and we will have no further comment at this time uh Bridges the Hornets leading scorer last season is set to become a restricted free agent and could command a max contract in the coming weeks the news comes on the eve of NBA free agency which begins this Thursday night when teams can speak to players uh the Hornets extended Bridges a qualifying offer on Tuesday, which allows them a chance to match any offer sheet made by another team. Uh, but this big news, the arrest, uh, he could you know, lose out on a hundred, potentially a hundred plus million dollars.
2: Yeah. I mean, you hope for everyone involved yes. that, no, that uh, nothing, that actually nothing happened here. And, the, uh, but you know, for the victim and for his sake, and just for everyone's sake that, uh, but if this did truly happen, what was, uh, whatever was alleged, it's just incredibly stupid like yeah. this close to you were literally hours away from free agency where you were probably going to get 30 million dollar a year contract so you're right it could be 80 to 100 million dollars that he loses out on but then again we've seen a lot of times that these sports leagues you know we see it less so in the nba than we do in like the nfl but a lot of times the, the league just doesn't end up caring about these kinds of things they'll let him yeah. wash over they'll still pay a guy maybe not as much as they would have but a lot of times you know even if the these things end up being true they the leagues don't always care if you're a really good player that is very
3: true i was kind of thinking the same thing you know worst case scenario probably as bad as it is is that they face a suspension and then you still have the guy for the rest of his time so you know hopefully it's handled better this time i guess
1: and yeah. that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix Brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford Revolutionizing the car buying experience Buy your next vehicle online, they'll deliver to you If you don't like it, they'll take it back Go to HagerstownFord.com for more On the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up On this June 30th edition of the Sports Mix Talk some Nationals A wacky play last yesterday In their getaway day game with the Pirates Where's uh, the so-called fourth out rule We'll get into that when we wrap things up next On today's edition of the Sports Mix
4: Hagerstown Ford continues to be your leader in car sales up and down the I-81 corridor. We will beat any and all competitors prices and we've made buying a new car easier than ever with one day delivery better than Amazon and a return policy better than Walmart. Your satisfaction is our guarantee. If you don't like it, simply return it and we'll come pick it up. No questions asked. Why would you shop anywhere else? At Hagerstown Ford, we take great pride in our community and supporting our local student athletes. That's why Hagerstown Ford is the official car dealership of Shepherd Rams quarterback Tyson Vagent. Our remote buying process has made new car shopping so easy, you'll never even set foot in a dealership. Simply go to HagerstownFord.com and click on the car you want to buy it, or use the Axle Auto app. It's that easy. You can order your new car on any device. Go to HagerstownFord.com and get your new car, signed, sealed, and delivered from Hagerstown Ford. Let's go! to some beers!
0: Mount a new grill and-
1: Mountaineer Grill and Pub offers many daily specials, including trivia night Monday, karaoke Tuesday, steak night Wednesday and Sunday, Thursday night boneless wing night, and on Friday and Saturday nights there'll be a DJ and/or karaoke. And remember, Monday through Friday, happy hour 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Two-dollar domestic bottles and two-fifty domestic drafts. Let's
0: go. Taste some beers,
3: Mountaineer.
1: Hi, I'm Aiden. And I'm Kenan. And And we are Sahara Dry Basement. Basement. Are you tired of getting water in your basement every time it rains? Or worse, even when it doesn't. Water leads to deterioration. And costs you money. Call Sahara Dry Basement. And let's work together to fix your wet basement problems today. We use the best products available, and we are so confident in our work that we give you a lifetime guarantee. That's right. We do it right the first time, or the follow-up visit is on us. We also do crawl spaces, dryer vent, and duct cleaning, too. To learn more,
0: go to SaharaDryBasements.com. You're tuned into the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM740, and TV10.
1: Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for you, June 30th, 2022. Brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304 263 three fourth you stopped by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini Dylan Bishop wrapping things up today uh, Nationals were looking for a sweep in yesterday's game afternoon contest against the uh, pirates that aired right after us after we ended uh, you know about 24 hours ago and uh, it was a very weird play uh, in the so-called fourth out rule. Uh, with Hoy Park on second base and Jack Swinski on third with one out, Nats reliever uh, Steve C. C- Shack induced a line out to first base off the bat of K. Brian Hayes after making the catch. The first baseman, Josh Bell, fired the ball across the diamond to third baseman here, Aher Adrianza, who tagged Park to complete the double play and record the final out, prompting the Nats to return to the dugout, thinking they escaped the jam. Swinski, though, had crossed home plate during the defensive flurry to score at the time to go-ahead run without tagging up at third. He was, Hayes was credited with the RBI. The Nats did not appeal third before leaving the field. The officiating crew then ruled the uh, – that the run counted citing rule 509 C4 regarding appeals plays quote, any rule under the rule or any play, any appeal under the rule must be made before the next pitch or play or attempted play. If the violation occurs during a play, which ends a half inning, the appeal must be made before the defensive team leaves the field. Uh, that's just kind of crazy to me how that kind of happened. Like the game, you think it you just got a tag, but, it's the go-ahead. It's weird because the guy from second also ran to third, but for some reason they didn't count it or something. I don't completely understand. What a weird sport. It was really weird because I was I had it on the TV here finishing finish things up before I headed out for a little break yesterday before the game, and I was like, what is going on? And then I was like, wait, why are they still – like I was kind of in and out of the game, but I was wa- I was like kind of watching. I was like, what is going on here? And it was just the weirdest play I've ever seen wild any take nick
3: uh no not really i didn't really understand the whole scenario and i didn't see the play
1: it was the weirdest play i've ever seen in my life how about that but that'll do it for this edition of the sports mix uh for trip tobin for coming on with us for dylan bishop nick Verslini. i'm Spencer. we saying so long we'll talk to you tomorrow on the sports mix